Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Let's go back to 2011 and look at the World Cup with Squidge. Let's go back to 2011 and look at the World Cup with Squidge. Hello and welcome back to the podcast that got ahead of the times, ahead of the curve in stopping broadcasting to respect Prince Philip's death. That was the reason we haven't had any episodes yeah. in a while. Um, I anticipated. It's also the reason we, we're doing this now rather than 2011. because we thought it was I was going to say, famously, so the, the rugby podcast yeah. that talks about rugby matches from 10 years ago is ahead of the curve. There's no denying no deny Yeah, that. yeah. No, we well, we were going to do this podcast 10 years earlier. Yeah. Um, but we thought Prince Philip was going to die in 2011. Well, we did also originally have this scheduled to go ahead in 2001. At which point mm. I was four and you were six. But the issue with that was that the Rugby World Cup 2011 hadn't happened yet. Uh, so it made it really yeah. difficult. So uh, we actually, uh, didn't we start recording the episode on We Zealand recorded, Tonga? we did the first episode. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, we didn't know what the game was going to be or yeah. where it was going to be held. So it was just It's amazing noise. that we guessed it was New Zealand Tonga. We, we didn't. We didn't. No, if you listen back to it, we thought it was Na Na against Flung Tong. I- <laughs> I'm pretty sure we we're better at speaking than that than we were, we were four and six. <laughs> hey, no, I I was not better at speaking than that a year. Either ago. way, I'm pretty sure um, I predicted Lucky T- Lutui would be playing. Oh no, you did. Yeah, you explicitly mentioned Lucky yeah. Lutui. You just kept like was you had that phase when you were about four of just talking about Lucky Lutui yeah. all the time. Well, and I didn't get it. I didn't know what that was I, about. I like, do all kids go through? I that? I don't know if we've mentioned this on this podcast, but um, it's kind of embarrassing. But my first word was actually mm. lower Lucky Lutui. Yeah, 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 and it was annoying because like my first word was Soani Tonga Weir, and seeing as he was a bigger name, it made me look like like I didn't know much about rugby. Yeah, yeah. You know, when you came out with like a more obscure like, Tonga more player, obscure second and I was quite played sevens that one time. Yeah, rather than like I was quite top try scorer in the Premiership that one time. Ugh. Exactly. Like my my first two words, I guess, were like a Tonga under 12s player, right? Now you look back on it and go, oh, Northampton Saints legend, Sawani Tonga Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it's frustrating. It's really embarrassing for me now. Yeah. yeah, I know. Like, I'd done really well, you know, I thought, but... That said, um, I mean, Aleki Utui's test, or, or general rugby career, I guess hmm. at professional level, is probably long, longer than I've been alive, which is fun to think about. Because <laughs> yes. he played in yeah. the warm-ups for the 1999 Rugby World Cup. Hmm. I can't remember who was against or anything. I don't think he actually went to the World Cup. But I no, can only assume that he was playing at a decent standard for a couple of years before that. Uh, and he still plays. Yeah. Um, he's uh, still Abtel. going. Almost 10 years on from his retirement from Test Rugby. Yeah. And here uh, he's playing. Which is incredible. He's moved to tight prop now. So he's moved across the right-hand yeah. side of the scrum. But fair play to him. May he keep going long he, into the It's one of those situations 20, where I really hope it's because he has this genuine burning passion for the game and never wants to retire. Rather than it's one of those situations you sometimes see with South Island players where they they have no other practical skills. I don't know what else to go, what to not do. to be not to be like rude about it, but you know sometimes you see that of like people that put all their their eggs in one basket and they go, well, I won't have another job as high paying as as rugby, and so stretch it out. And good on him though. Yeah, way. I just I just think he clearly enjoys scrummaging and hitting things, and obviously 
Th- those are those are uh, non-transferable skills. Um, well, no, they, they could transfer into Parliament. There's some satire for you there. So, thank you for the satire. Uh, I appreciate that. Again, um, R.I.P. Prince Philip. But um, I, I don't know why I said that. That's not topical. <laughs> we're we're talking, of course, about uh, Philip Berger, the yes. former South African uh, flyer from fullback who yeah. played. He was a prince, famously he, Prince Galseb, uh nice. who played for um, for Perpignan. The thing is, right? You said Prince Galseb is like, oh yeah, that's a much more understandable name. Like, and I was like, oh yeah, 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 that's a good reference. But people don't know who that is, do they? He, he plays flanker in the movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, we had this conversation well a week ago or something. Yeah. About rugby players that you remember far better than you should. And Philip Berger is forever burned into my mind, despite the fact he's a really obscure former player who played a handful of times with Perpignan and probably played for one of the sort of Curry Cup level. Yeah. Probably a bit of Super Rugby, South African teams. Uh, but I remember him really well because he had the lowest kicking trajectory of any ten I've ever seen. That he, oh, he played mostly fullback. But he kicked the ball at basically the height of the bar, but he could welly it from halfway because he just put no effort into the height whatsoever. I loved it. I can remember uh, it was my first season of playing, so I was like under-13s, mm. maybe under-14s. And at that level, basically it's, it's, it's a thing, as you'd know, that basically every kick that's not between the posts you kind of expect to miss. And that's mm-hmm. fine. And if somebody gets it from further out wide, you go, oh, fair play. That's actually, you know, they're a good kicker when they're that age. Yeah. And I just remember midway through my first season there, playing against, I think I played against Stamford. And I just remember that the it was the only time that season I saw somebody go for goal from a kick. Uh, and they were 55 mm. metres out, still between the posts. Wow. And I was just like, wait, what? The, the referee signal for the post. And it was very windy. And that yeah. pitch went very far downhill. And the guy just nailed it, and it was a very Philip Berger thing of just like he hit it so it went an inch above the crossbar. And I was just thinking like, no, you're not going to get very far with the kicking technique like that. Like, no, that doesn't count. That shouldn't count. He didn't kick it properly. He didn't kick it like how Frames <laughs> or Stain would kick it, where it, it sails over the uprights. No, it should. If it only just goes over, you're not kicking it right. No, shut up. But he got three no, points. That man's name was Andre Pollard. Yes, and he was on loan at Stamford under thirteen. Yeah. <laughs> Despite being eighteen at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it was like Reese Hodge or somebody. I don't know. Yeah, Reese Hodge regularly did that. He he would just turn up at. He probably actually took the shot from Melbourne, and it just happened yes. to go through the post in Stamford. Maybe that's it. I made up the bit about the referee pointing to the goal. I just saw, a, you know, those um those yellow balls they only make in Australia. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of them just sailed over the post, and I was like, "Oh Jesus Christ, Reese Hodge is here!" Yeah. And the player um, just tucked me up a ball in his jumper. Like, yeah, I kicked that one. That was me, by the way. That ball happened to fly overhead that had snow on it from passing through yeah. the atmosphere. Oh, I appreciate that, but that... You, I, didn't, I, you didn't realise anything fishy until you turned on the news and saw that ball that killed two people in the Philippines. Oh, it's just man. been hit with just such like force. our podcast. <laughs> Which it, killed two people in the Philippines. It has, yeah. Um, Is that just Cape Blanchett just forcing people's, on people's ears? So, yeah, basically, uh, on if you go on the ACAS website right yeah, yeah. now, which I, okay. I assume you have it open in a tab there. It's always, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you, you have that open right now, okay. Uh, click on the top, there's a thing, the analytics thing at the top. Yeah, yeah. And then if you scroll down a little bit, there's a thing that says deaths. Oh, yeah. Oh, I've never seen that tab before. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's two in the Philippines. What, what else is there? I've not looked at that. Uh, there's one in Guernsey. Guernsey? Um, I wonder if that's related to... You know when Warren Gatland went and we got someone got really angry by eating a sandwich. Yeah, 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 yeah. I wonder if it was a poison sandwich and Warren Gatland killed somebody when he was listening to this podcast. I sure hope it wasn't anyone in Lions contention. 
or Prince Philip. Oh, no, no, it was just Bray's fault. Uh, Prince Philip, so... Oh, that's, that's, that's very that true. That's very... Do, you want to, do you want to explain that for anyone listening? Oh, just the, the Ospreys um, last Friday, as this is going out, uh, put up a tweet saying, like, big announcement at 12pm, and then a gif of, like, an explosion at 12pm. <laughs> it's announced that Prince Philip died. <laughs> it was the Tony Stark with the explosion behind him, and it was yeah. captioned, boom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then Prince Philip died at 12pm, and it's like, well... The good news is Morgan Morris has resigned. <laughs> but that was there was something really interesting about the state of the Squid Rugby Twitter and who I follow on that account. That when I opened Twitter, it was on that, and there was more about Morgan Morris resigning for the Ospreys <laughs> than there was about Prince Philip dying. When I opened it, like five minutes after it happened, and I found out through a line break rugby tweet about Mike Phillips and and Prince Philip have a lot in common, being going out on ninety nine. Fair play. That's, that's a solid tweet, though. That was, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the kind of content you get from Lionbrook Rugby. Yes. And that was how I found out that Prince Philip was dead. It's funny to think that there was probably a conversation within the Osprey's social media staff about, do we still go ahead with this announcement? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's aged really poorly. Their, their social media manager did tweet about it. Did tweet, right. quote tweet it, like, I can explain. <laughs> <laughs> so, should we mention what we're doing now, today? Yeah, let's do it. Let's let's go for it. So, this is a podcast looking back on the 2011 Rugby World Cup. It is the Squidge Rugby World Cup Rugby World Cup retrospective. Yeah. This today is the Squidge Rugby World Cup retrospective retrospective, where we're going to look back on the pool stages before we move on to the knockouts. Partly because we said we put an episode out this week and we've had to yes. move back because of guest reasons. Um, yes, but it will be fun. worth it, and it will be up yeah. soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, all's gonna be all's gonna be wonderful and yeah. grand. But, but it gave us a chance. This is a retrospective, to... and, and it a was a bonus episode that you wouldn't have had otherwise. It was something we were thinking about doing. Yeah. Uh, anyway, but we're thinking of doing it far later along the line. Yeah. So here we are. Anyway, yeah. So a bonus episode. We're going to run over every game, and we the idea is we're going to try and describe it each in three words. And we'll see where we go from. Yeah, the we have not rehearsed this. We thought of this idea about twenty minutes ago. So you read one name out, and then we each do the ones. Then yeah. I'll read out the next name out, and then we each do our things. Okay. Should we start? So I want to begin firstly with the opening ceremony. Oh yes. How would you describe the opening ceremony of the twenty eleven Rugby World Cup in three words? Oh, three words or less? Is it three words? Or, uh, exactly three words. Exactly three words. Okay. Underwhelming. John Key. <laughs> uh, I would go with Jonah Lomu dancing. Oh yes, of course. Because that was the highlight was Jonah Lomu really awkwardly dancing and course, looking very uncomfortable. So New Zealand forty one Tonga ten. Taumalolo is glorious. Taumalolo over Nonu. Yep, fair enough. Scotland thirty four, Romania twenty four. Simon Danielli's resurgence. <laughs> Daniel Carpo table. Oh, of course, yes. Why don't was not mentioning Chris Patterson there? Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, for anyone unaware, Chris Patterson missed a shot of goal between the posts and cursed the entire world. For anyone, who, for, for anyone who doesn't know, listen to a fucking podcast the whole way through from every single episode. Well, they've uh, done that, you know. Oh, yeah, they're they're here now. Yeah, and Daniel Carpo made a table. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, anyway, enough on that. Fiji 49, Namibia 25. Greatest of then hyphenated all time all rounder that's hyphenated drop goals tries 
So it's kind of five, but two of them are <laughs> drop, drop goals are not hibernated, but that's fine. We won't stop you. But I do want to stop to have a moment on this game, because yes. this is one of my all-time favourite rugby matches. Me too. And I feel like I didn't quite do it justice in the episode. I've mm. not listened to it since I went up or anything, but I feel like nothing we could have said about that game would have quite done it justice, like how incredible that was. And genuinely, I, I will say this now, and I'll, I'll probably end up eating these words slightly later on as we go through all of these games, but if anybody is to watch back any game from this pool stage, mm. I genuinely think this is top three, if not top one. I think it's that. As I it's said, glorious. I think that there are other games that may fit better for different reasons. Yes. Um, there may be other games that are perhaps more intense, uh, that are closer, that perhaps there's, you know quote-unquote better rugby played but in turn i've never seen another rugby match with that intense class of clash of styles yeah uh, with two teams playing so effectively and completely off like the opposite ends of how you can play rugby and my favorite thing yeah. about rugby is how many different ways you can play it and how many yeah. different ways you can approach it and how you can you know the game evolves and changes completely uh and you know it be- it's that thing if people talk about rugby having a boring phase where defense is on top or kicking's on top but that's part of why i love it is because sometimes yeah. that'll happen you know and then 18 months down the line suddenly the thing everyone is doing is counter-attacking again because someone worked out a new sneaky yeah. technique that that got around it um all referees are, are judging the breakdown ever so slightly differently and it changes the whole game completely yes. uh, and everyone plays it entirely differently or you know teams that were brilliant 18 months earlier are suddenly terrible and losing quarterfinals and going out in the pool stage when they're beating the All Blacks earlier and our island um, great way to sum this up right is Namibia had a tactic of every time we get in there anywhere in their half we'll yeah. have a go at a drop goal and if they miss Fiji will go right we'll counter attack and go the length why don't we exactly like Fiji were throwing you know 16 pass tries and throwing offloads every single ball Namibia kicked three drop goals in the opening 15 minutes it's phenomenal it's a phenomenal test match like yeah I, I can't sell it well enough yeah it's like I downloaded uh, Rugby Union Team Manager free a couple of days ago. Of course. And I, I started playing as Nottingham RFC with the intention it'd be fun to take them up to the Premiership and then, you know, hopefully yeah. work from there. I'm coming towards the end of my first season. I think we're going to get relegated. Um, it's, it's not going well. But there is a button on there you can click as the manager uh, where you will then go for a drop goal every time you have a phase within striking range or within so your time's range. Mode. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and once I had that on because I was, you know, I was like two points behind, the opposition then scored a try. And then I made a break, got onto the opposition line. I forgot I had that left on. So I then missed the drop goal when I had a wide open line in front of me if I'd recycled oh, the ball. And that started the loss of momentum that's led to Nottingham RFC being about to get relegated. It's a terrible, terrible time, but I have signed Jamie Ritchie and Alex Craig. And they're both going to be playing in League One next season. Have you not over the salary cap? Oh, I, I'm actually, it's like my best attribute as a manager, the thing the board are happiest with is my financial stability. Uh, okay, that's good. Which means I'm clearly... Shame about the results, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything else is a shame. But, you know, hopefully I keep my job on. And, you know, I've thought about, do I just try and sign like Bowden Barrett and just blow all my money on that just to see if I can stay up? Then I thought, no, um, I've got one thing going for me. I might as well remain the manager who is financially... I'm the Alan Solomons, basically, of sure. of rugby management, you know? Who is... It would be a downgrade from Shane O'Leary to Bowden Barrett for Nottingham. So. Yes. Uh, I, I want to say, actually, Alan Solomon's the Alan Solomon of rugby management. <laughs> yeah. I'm the, I'm the virtual Alan Solomon's. You know, yes. of like, Alan Solomon's is famous for the fact that everything behind the scenes runs really smoothly, but nothing on the pitch does. Imagine Alan Solomon's. Now imagine him pixelated. 
Exactly. That's who I am, you know? And it's like everyone in comments who occasionally say something like, but Squidge would be great at coaching. It's like, this game is teaching you no. Yes. No, I am not. And you, you know, you just got this this pixelated man wandering around going like, meet more, meet more, Jamie Ritchie. And that's that's you. That's 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 exactly exactly who I am. And that's how I talk as well in real life. Should we move on with the other games? Yes. So, uh, France 47, Japan 21. Arledge class para? <laughs> Question mark. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Bloody hell, France. <laughs> Argentina 9, England 13. <laughs> <laughs> no. 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 Uh, no. No. Never again. Okay, fair enough. Martin Rodriguez donkey. Yeah. That is one of the worst games of rugby. It's like that would have fitted perfectly on last Sunday in the Heineken Cup. Yes. Which was atrocious. Those Toulouse, Claremont and Bordeaux v Racing games, which were I've got to say, just... I super enjoyed the two minutes where everyone was like, yes, this might go to extra time. That's always interesting. No, I, I've never wanted extra time less. Like normally, I think, you know, we're both the same and we love extra time. We love the yeah. tension of it. But, you know, so the... Again, I don't think you saw the the end of that game. No, but, I didn't. So Racing kick a penalty to to put them, you know, like back level, and you think, oh, here we are. And it was like, <laughs> uh, Maydar struck it terrible. Not Maydar, sorry, um, Machino struck it terribly, but it still went over. And then Bordeaux seemingly scored a try to win it, but then that got disallowed for slightly bullshit reasons, Matt Carly reasons. And then they kicked for the corner. They then were driving this... Racing were then driving this mall forward from the penalty. And they were going, oh, you know, we're going to get this long range shot at goal. You know, they're going to be penalty from this mall. Uh, they get turned over. Bordeaux um, win the penalty. Jalabert kicks it from his own half, wins it. Uh, and it was like both a great last two minutes and terrible in some of the game up because it was yeah. all just people being shit. No, um, it was it was an atrocious game of rugby that just made me hate everything. I can remember those. Um, it was I think it was Beeritz played Toulouse, was it or mm. was it Toulon? In the there was a final that went to extra time, or was it semi final? That was yeah, Toulouse Beeritz, uh, two thousand nine. Yeah, I just remember Dimitri just being like, "Oh yeah, extra time. This is right in my bag." And uh, us simultaneously being slightly bored with the game and loving the fact it was in extra time. Yeah, and yeah. there was a real dilemma in that. The best example, of course, is Lens to Toulon a number of years ago that went to extra time Some and a cat ran on the pitch. Penny. Oh yeah, a cat ran on the pitch and they suspended extra time to pause it while they got the cat off the pitch. So like, that is the that is the dream scenario. That's what I yes. want to happen in a World Cup final. Yes, imagine that, but a dog. Whoa, that'd be even better. What kind of dog? A small one. Okay, okay, I'm listening. I'm listening. And maybe a good one. A good boy. A good You're boy. You're a good boy on the pitch. A good boy on a rugby pitch. Okay, we need this to happen. Uh, yeah. And then maybe Barry John can trip over him. There's an obscure reference. Uh, okay. Australia, so... 32. Italy, 6. Oh, wait, I read out the last one, but still. That's fine. Surprisingly comprehensive victory. I think that's fair. Semenzato. Oh, well. It's one of those, like the Italy women had this weekend, where they were really good for 50-odd minutes. Yeah. And then they just fell apart because he did so many tries that it looks like the, a blowout. The scoreboard just, yeah, just really, really does not do them any favours. Ireland 22, USA 10. Paul Emmerich intercept. Tommy Bow, yay. Okay. South Africa 17, Wales 16. Sam Warburton, good. Forry Dupria. Great. 
Oh, th- that's three words. Oh, I was counting, oh, okay. I was counting Dupree as one word. Okay, Fori Dupree, great. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think it was a Sam Warburton game, but then watching it back, I remember that Fori Dupree was better than him in that game. Um, yeah, which was a depressing realisation that shook my entire world. The thing is, um, right, I didn't have that realisation until... Because obviously that was the episode we had Ali Stokes on. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realise until you guys had both said Fori Dupree was one of the match. I was like, shit, they're right. <laughs> and like, I just watched the game. Yeah. It's funny how rugby is evolving to such a point that Fori Dupree would be normal in about five years' mm. time. Yeah. You know, like it's moving at such a rate that we're going to eventually have other players who are as good as him. Just being Mind you, I, I do think he's like the timeless scrum half. Oh, I yeah, do yeah. think that like even more so than, you know, your George Greekins or Gareth Edwards or uh, mm. to an extent Yurst, but less so. Uh, that I just think for a Dupree, like no matter how much the game changes, he'll always be. Right. Okay. You mentioned Gareth Edwards there. And I think it's really interesting because Antoine Dupont uh, has made me, has kind of ended my question marks of whether Gareth Edwards would, would work nowadays. Yeah. Because I think Antoine Dupont is the closest thing we've had to Gareth Edwards since Gareth Edwards. Oh, that's quite an interesting argument. Because he is this just magician who pops up and does things from scrum off that no one else yeah. in the world could do. But he's an entirely capable player in other That's an regards. interesting point. And I yeah, think Dupont is basically the player. Way, but... Yeah. I think he's basically the player. He's as close to the player Edwards would be in the modern game as we'll ever get yeah. to see. Interesting. I'm not really sure. I want to disagree with you, but mm. um, no, that's a really interesting point. Yeah, anyway, I'm just going to move on because I don't know sure. what else to say. Sure, Um Samoa 49, Namibia 12. DJ Khaled! <laughs> Khaled's two words now. Yeah, or DJ is two words. DJ, yeah. Wait, I'm just going to check what DJ Khaled's real name is. DJ Forbes! DJ Khaled's real name is Khaled Mohammed Khaled. There we go so then. His name is Khaled Khaled. Wait, so, yeah, so... Is the Khaled in DJ Khaled referring to his first or surname? I, I guess. Well, it's like I when it's, it's convenient like when, people... when you've got two of the same name. It's just like it makes it a lot easier to pick a DJ name, doesn't it? When, <laughs> when so not it's not it's fine. No, yeah, was, exactly. we should have had when we had like Nick Heave or Sam Robertson. We should have asked them when you refer to Sonotti Sonotti as just Sonotti. Are you referring to him by his surname, or are you just being really unfamiliar? Informal, yeah. Yeah. Well. I was thinking that. Maybe the reason why DJ Khaled was so friendly with the Samoan team is because of the likes of Alofa Alofa and Elia Elia and Sinati Sinati and whichever yeah. other um, players have the same name twice. It must be. It must be. It's the only possible explanation. Uh, I'm yeah. not taking an answer for you. I think the correct answer for that round is DJ Khaled. Yeah, no, no. That was going to be my answer. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, Tonga 20, Canada 25. Oh, uh, proper test match. An absolute banger. Scotland 15, Georgia 6. Thank you, Cammy. I was going to say the exact same <laughs> yeah. thing. Thank you, Cammy Black, for making that somehow one of the most entertaining episodes we've done. Yeah, Entirely genuinely. down to him being the perfect man to talk about Scotland being terrible and boring. But still winning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that yeah. is exactly Cammy's, um, his his ballpark, and he was yeah. excellent. My three words are Scottish Rugby Podcast. <laughs> yes. USA 15, Russia 6. I mean, it was 13, not 15. Oh, I've got it written down wrong here. Blaine Scully, legend. Extra points for Scully. Two, okay. two extra points, I'm giving two extra points just for being Blaine Scully. Yeah, and you, you get you get a fourth word uh, in that because Blaine Scully is the best. One of them is Blaine Scully. Every now and again, Blaine Scully... I you know, have like a text conversation with Blaine Scully and it always makes my day. 
I wish I had text conversation with Blaine Scully. I, I'm just saying that to make it everyone jealous. Hey, Blaine, here, here's my number. 0751. New Zealand 83, Japan 7. That's a weird phone number. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, Marnonu, pretty good. Ruined pretty by good. Callum is my... Uh, oh yeah okay yeah that needs context but it's around 80 yeah that's in the episode okay that was also the episode where we got p money on so that was oh yeah what a guy p money was what a hospitable guest um (laughs) so argentina 43 romania 8 uh lucas gonzalez amorosino lucas gonzalez amorosino uh is also mine yeah uh south africa 49 fiji 3 Boring yet quality. Okay. Heinick Brousseau chip. Yes, that was a very nice moment. Heinick Brousseau doing a chip kick to explain that in more words for anyone unaware of the moment being referred to by Mr. William Owen, who I did not introduce earlier. Hi, by the way. Oh, yeah, that's and me. Congratulations on your work on the 15. Uh, hey, big thanks, fan man. of your work. Australia 6, Ireland 15. Go on, Tommy. <laughs> This is a quote from our guest on this ep- on that episode, Tom Savage, when I suggested he did that game. That was the game he did when we had him on as a guest. The spiciest game. Uh, <laughs> I like he, that. He described that as the spiciest game in the spiciest era of Irish rugby. Okay, I, I will take that. Yeah. Um, that is why Tom is so successful for takes yeah. such as that. I thought that his three words on that would be, I like beans, but <laughs> we'll, we'll um, take it. He's, he's less mundane than that. Um, um, Wales 17, Samoa 10. Um, can't tackle Peronise. <laughs> can't tackle Halfpenny. Fair play. With his scrum cap being readjusted as he runs. Yes. Gave us that iconic moment that will last forever. Yeah. England 41, Georgia 10. Haylet Petty, which is one word because it's hyphenated. Loose women. Oh, yes. Of course that was the episode. Xander Fagerson Bullring. <laughs> If someone hasn't listened to that episode, that's so cryptic. But we're moving on to France 46, Canada 19. And de Monroe, what? What a mad hat trick. What a mad hat trick. A mad hat trick. A mad hat trick, yes. Yeah, Uh, that'll do. Italy 57, Russia 17. Going full Sergio. Jan Yushkin makes history. Okay. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This brings us to the halfway point 
in the World Cup. And I think this is as good a point as any to embrace the last day of terms vibes we've got going on. Yeah, this is a major and... leaving party we've got going on. Yeah, yeah. I've got cocktail sausages here and everything. So. Yeah, I mean, I've got... Um, You're sipping that... Coke? Do you remember that game from... Do you... Right, here's some uh, behind the scenes info, right? Uh, I've done the Blood Mud podcast quite a few times. Um, yes. And more times than not, both Lee and Josh are drinking Diet Coke on air, really? or Pepsi Max. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Lee prefers Diet Coke, I think, and Josh Pepsi Max. This That's is their, the, drink, their beverage I say choice. that whilst I'm sipping my still Scottish mountain water by Sainsbury's. Hmm. No, I remember I was going to tell a rude boy, and I'm not going to do that. Okay, instead, we are going to play a game, as is tradition yes. on the last day of term. You know, when you bring board... I, don't, I wonder if this is a thing in other countries outside of, you know, the UK and Ireland. Where you're bringing board games on the last day of term. Yeah, school. and you just sit in and watch films and shit. What films have you watched on the last day of term before? Do you want to know a, a great one. one? A great Go one. On. The Boy in Striped Pajamas. Okay, that that beats my... Because I can remember on the last day of term mm. watching Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, man. Yeah. Did you get all the way through or did you do the thing you got where the whole way through. Lesson? It wasn't one lesson, so you watched an hour in. No, 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 no. We, we managed to watch the whole thing. We started at the, at the start of the day. And okay. I think we ended up watching like Nomeo and Juliet towards the end or something. And like, that got cut short. Which stars, of course, Jason Statham. Yes, who has been on this podcast or something. That's Tybalt. There's Napoleon Dynamite we watched once. Um, How did the dancing funny go enough, down? In fact, you know what? I'm going to mm. I'm gonna scratch that story. And I'm going to tell a different anecdote, which is super sketchy. Um, mm. So I'm not going to say his name, but you remember my old form tutor, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, he was, he was a really nice guy. I really, really yeah, yeah. got on with him. And occasionally he would have these desperate attempts of being down with the kids. Oh, no. Um, he had uh, his own ways. Of, like, he had his own mannerisms, which were really popularised. And everybody knew when you say this guy's name, people would move their, his hands in the way he yeah, does, yeah. speaking his intonation, that kind of thing. It was very easy to, to nail it down. And there was a point in the middle of that day, but um, I think it was after we'd watched Napoleon Dynamite, we decided not to move on to another film because people's attention spans are short. Sure. So... Uh, in the middle, we'll maybe listen to some music and just play games on your DSIs or whatever we had back then. And one of the songs that we played on that was Friday by Rebecca Black. Yeah. At which point, one of the one of the hard kids in the class starts going, oh, Rebecca Black, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, Rebecca Black, sort of thing. And then the form teacher oh, then goes, no. mm, yeah, if you had the chance, would you? Oh, my God, what? Yeah. In a way that was, I could tell it was satire, mm. but it's still a problematic thing to ask a 15-year-old. Yes. Like, I... Okay, I have a lot of thoughts on the Rebecca Black thing, and I spend... I I don't know what to say, but I, I, I've got another project that has involved me doing a lot of research into that uh, a couple of months sure. ago. So I have... A, I still at this moment know an awful lot about Rebecca Black and her life story. So I could talk to you at length about it. But she was 13, man. And those conversations were happening on the other side of the world for something she did that she didn't think 200 people would watch. I find that whole story, like, I've said this before, but like, I think what happened to Rebecca Black, and this is a complete tangent, is the biggest case of mass bullying in human history. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I watched that Britney documentary. And yes. I think that's, that's certainly um, yeah, up yeah. there. Matt, like the some of the questions she got asked as a kid, man. There was that thing where there was that uh, her ten years old on yeah. TV, and the presenter was like, "Oh, have you got a boyfriend?" Which, for starters, like even as a friendly opener, that's pretty pretty bad. Yeah, uh, yeah. and then going like, "Oh, oh, why not? Do you not like boys?" It's like, "No, they're mean." It's like, what about me? Do you think I'm mean? 
this dude is coming on to a 10 year old here yeah exactly like that becomes the whole I don't know. but there's such a culture and again these i don't want to lead on to you know other stuff like whatever but happy last um, day term yeah yeah yeah. but there's that whole culture of like britney spears mary kate and ashley of these people who were famous because they were photogenic young girls mm. and they then garnered this sort of weird attention from older men and they were all kind of shaped as what you know, men in boardrooms often thought they wanted their daughters to look like or they wanted other girls to look like and what they I don't know, it's a whole really uncomfortable yeah. thing. That we were gonna play a game, I was trying to interest it. Let's play that. a game. Let's, let's play do a game. that. Right. Let's let's <laughs> let's segue off question like something that probably is child abuse but doesn't stand up in a court of law to a game that is not child abuse. Um, I was going to say, I didn't sign up for this bit. Yeah. Um, normally people don't sign up. Um, anyway, so um, this is a game that I have in my head and soon it's going to be in your ears. Um, what a, this is this is the worst introduction anyone's ever done to anything. Um, cool. Okay. So we are going to play a game. Right. The setup of this game is we will each take it in terms to name a category for the other person. All these categories are rugby-related. At first, I was going to aim for them to be 2011 rugby-related. They are no longer that. And frankly, that would have been quite boring because we would have run out of... There's only so many times you can run through the Romanian squad, you know. Sure. So, what we have is we're going to go through some categories each. I would, as a sample question, uh, this is the same one I gave to you when I was explaining the format, I might say... Since Johnny Wilkinson retired in 2011, six players have worn the number 10 jersey for England. Can you name them, right? You would then say, begin to name some of them. So if you said... I would name Toby Flood. Yep, correct. Freddie Burns. Yep. Danny Cipriani. Yep, so those are all correct. Oh Um, no, I don't remember any of the rest. So at that point, you could call, you know, for pass for you guys to be over, at which point you would bank three points. Yeah. Yeah. If you then said, for instance, Kyle Sinclair or George Gregan or Stephen Marcus Myler, Smith. Or, yeah. If you gave an incorrect answer, you would lose all the points you'd made up to that point. Okay. Yeah. So there's an element of tactics to this. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you'll have a limited amount of time. So we're saying sort of 10, 15 ish, 20 seconds, you know, between yeah. each answer. Uh, if you have a timeout or. Or you give an incorrect answer, you lose all of your points. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. I hope this makes sense to everyone at home. Yeah. And, uh, and for anybody wondering, uh, George Ford and Owen Farrell were two of the remaining ones, and I can't think of who they were. Hold on. So the, we. Oh, Charlie Hodgson. Charlie Hodgson, of course. Charlie Hodgson. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, should I Do start? You go first? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Go first. Okay. So, uh, I'm going to start with a reasonably topical one. Okay. Okay. Eight Munster players were named in the initial touring squad for the 2009 British and Irish Lions. Oh, okay. Can you name them? Okay. Alan Quinlan, definitely. Yeah, that's one. I'm I'm not going to lock this answer in yet, but I think Keith Earls was, but I'm going to think about that because he no, might No, no, no. If you say that. one, I've got, I'll take it from there. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. So that's my warning. Oh, okay. okay. Or no, I'll take that as time in which you haven't given an answer. Okay. Okay. So you can uh, talk oh, yeah. around it, but I'll, yeah. So I'll How give long you like, have got? like so like fifteen seconds, fifteen okay. twenty, 20 seconds. Ronan O'Gara, yeah, that's two. Donica O'Callaghan, Donica O'Callaghan, three. Paul O'Connell, Paul O'Connell, who was captain, of course. That's four. Um, You've got Jerry Flannery. Jerry Flannery's five. Yeah. God, I thought he might have got up. Um, no, I'll I'll lock that in. 
Okay, you're taking that. You're taking out of five. Yeah, I'm taking five. Okay. I have a feeling Tomas O'Leary might have been, but I don't know if he was called up. Same with Keith Earls. So you're taking the five, yeah? I'm taking the five. I'm taking the five. Okay. Now, if you'd added those two extra answers in, you would have had a score of seven. Oh, no way. Oh. Uh, the one... I had a feeling uh, Keith Earls was called up for Halfpenny for some reason. but No, no. Keith Earls, uh, Keith Earls did take Bill from Halfpenny when Halfpenny got injured. That's it. So it was That's the it. youngest lion. Ah, uh, okay. So the one you're missing is David Wallace. David Wallace. Who, to be fair, I would uh, have forgotten as well, I think. Yeah. He's a okay, worthy, forgettable score player. Of five. Yeah, yeah. I'm happy with a score of five. Okay. Okay. Sticking to the South African theme, mm-hmm. uh, can you name all 13 clubs Bjorn Basson has played for <laughs> in his senior career? Okay. Okay. Right. So, we have the San Diego Legion. Correct. That's one. Um, I will also say, if he's played for the same club twice, they count as two separate ones. Oh, okay. The Blue Bulls. Correct. Are the Bulls, the Curry Cup Bulls, listed separately to the Super Rugby Bulls? Yes, they are. Okay, so that's three. Yeah. Um, and I want to say he had two spells there, but I'm not 100% sure. Okay. Montpellier? No. No! Oh, man. He did not play for Montpellier. So I'm going to name these in order, okay? Okay. So, the Griquois, the Cheetahs, the Bulls. Okay. The Blue Bulls, the Honda Heat, the Blue Bulls 15, <laughs> the Stormers, the Western Province, Oyana, the Southern Kings, the Griquois again, NSI STN, and the uh, San Diego Legion. I knew he played in Russia as well, but I wasn't going to... Yeah. I wasn't sure if it was NSI, Kranziar. To be fair, I think Montpellier isn't actually too bad a guess, because it feels like the sort of club that was... I could... like, he's a South African player who they can sign cheaply. Yeah, I can picture him it in a up. Montpellier jersey. Yeah, no, no, me too, me too. Uh, okay. I, I think that totally makes sense. So oh, I'm, I'm surprised there's there only one French club in there. Yeah, me too. I thought he'd done the rounds in France. Yeah. But clearly he went from South African player to going to Japan and back to South Africa, getting back yeah. in the national team maybe for a little bit, and then just going, right, let's go completely off the rails and go everywhere in Europe and around the world. I love that he's done 13 seasons. He hasn't played in the Premiership, hasn't played in the Pro 14, has played Jumped one straight season to in France. Yeah, gone straight to MLR, played in Russia. He is. He needs to do a Manuel Montero or... Yes. Um, Oh, Nalanga, that's it, yeah, and play in SLAR. Yes. That's what I Okay, want. so after one round each, it's 5-0 to me? 5-0, 5-0. Okay. Okay. Um, your turn. So, Joe Nalomu, do you know who he is? Uh, I've heard of him. He dances, doesn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Uh, Joe Nalomu scored international tries against nine different nations. Can you name okay. them? Okay. Oh, interesting. So... I know he didn't score against Wales. So, I'm going to go England. Yes, correct. South Africa. N- incorrect. incorrect. No. Never scored against the Springboks. My God. So, so I've got zero points. It would be like points. England, Ireland, Scotland, Australia, Italy. Yeah. 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 Oh, Christ. Argentina, you're missing... Um, who did you say? Did you say Ireland? Oh, no, you did say Ireland. Yeah, no, France, yeah, yeah. Samoa... And so Tonga. He against the Springboks. Wow. Yeah. There's three teams he played against who he never oh, scored course, against. Because of Eurst. Yeah. yeah. Which are Wales, South Africa, and Fiji. Uh, he okay. played Fiji once, didn't score against them. Uh, scored, played Wales three times, never scored against them. Played South Africa okay. 12 times and never scored against them. Okay. Which is an incredible so, record. On the other end of the scale, hmm. uh, my next category is Census Johnston oh, has scored no. okay. four test tries. <laughs> Um, and I will warn you, okay. the same team might come up twice here. Okay. But if you guess them once, I will give you 
the amount of points right for that so <laughs> jesus christ what a question okay so who who's he scored against internationally oh man we're going back quite a way i reckon because i can't remember him scoring any test tries so i reckon it's probably before i was regularly watching samoa play interesting i'm go- all of these are gonna have to be shots in the dark uh, yeah. i'm gonna say wales incorrect uh, okay. So, he scored one try against Argentina, he scored three against Tonga. So, uh, okay. um, if you said Tonga, I'd have given you three points for that. Okay, okay. Uh, he's, so, he scored a brace against them in 2007, he scored against them in 2006, he scored against Argentina in 2005. So, you're okay. correct, yeah, yeah. before we watched Samoa. So, it's still 5-0 to me, isn't 5-0, it? yeah, yeah, no points okay. in that round. Interesting. Okay, ten different players were featured on the various covers of Rugby 08. Oh. How many can you name? Okay, okay. Um, oh, you know what? Johnny Wilkinson. Incorrect. No way. Johnny Wilkinson was a rugby 03, 04, rather. Uh, he oh, was not wow. featured since. Okay. Was Simon Shaw on there? No. No. Maybe I just associate that England kit with Simon Shaw. Go on, <laughs> who, who, was, who was on there? So, Richie McCall was on Every Nation. Mm-hmm. In Australia and Asia, there was also Sterling Mortlock. Okay. Uh, in France, it was McCaw and uh, Yannick Nyanga. Right. Uh, in Ireland, it was just Ronan O'Gara. Okay. In Italy, it was Maro and Mirko Bergamasco. In South Africa, it was Brian Habana, Schalkberg and Andre Pretorius. No! Um, yeah. Fair play. And then in uh, the UK, it was Richie McCaw and Mark Cueto. Mark Cueto, of course. Yeah. I remember that now. Of course, I could visualise his pose in my head. And I just thought that must be like Toby Flood or someone, or Danny Grocock. <laughs> Mark Cueto, wow. Well, you mentioned Mauro Bergamasco there. In his test career, he wore nine different numbered jerseys. Oh, wow, okay. Can you name them all? Okay, nine. Nine different numbers he wore in his well, test career. one of them was number nine. Correct. Number nine. Number one of them was number seven. Yep. Number six. Yep. Uh, number 19. Yep. Number 20. Yeah. That's five, did you say? We've got there. That's five. Okay. Number eight? Incorrect. Oh, man. I, I didn't want to chance the arm. Oh, I didn't you want to nearly do it. managed to, to match me there. You could have banked I know. I was going to. I was going to. But then I thought, if it is no, if number eight is on there, it's too obvious for me to have not taken the point. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. Okay. So the test jerseys worn by Mara Vigamasco are seven. Yeah. Six. Yeah. Nine. Mm-hmm. 19, 20. He's played on the wing, hasn't he? 18, yeah. 11, and 14. Of course he's played on the wing. He's played I both thought that wings. when you said it initially, but I didn't use it in the answer. Oh, this is getting tense now. I actually I quite know. like this. I know. It's a good game, man. I like it. It is. Uh, it not is. to, you know, toot my own horn. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, this might be my favourite question. Okay. Ruddy Data. Oh, Yes. Has uploaded seven videos uh, labelling something by a player terrible, using that word in particular, terrible, not horrible, not anything else, the word terrible. Okay. okay. Plus one by referee, which will give you triple points for, if you can get the referee. Okay. okay. How many can you name? Seven uh, labelling... Just of them... naming the players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just naming the players. Okay. Uh, so the seven players, one of them is in there twice. Uh, if you want to take gamble at them being twice, fair en- which one it is being twice, fair enough. You get a double point, a second point for that. I'm going to say Ron Nogara. Ronan Nogara, yeah. And I'm going to bank it. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> You're going to take that one point and I'm run. I'm going to take the one point for Ronan Nogara. Okay, okay, fair enough. You could have had Andy Powell. 
You could oh yeah, had... this, is that the run against Italy? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's touch sideways. Yeah, you could have had Connor Murray um, for a box kick. Uh, you could have had Niall Horgan for a pass. You could have okay. had Jamie Roberts. You could have had Merab Kavurukashvili. Uh, you could have had Ronan Nagara again. And the referee... Do you want to take a stab at the referee? Uh, I would never Dave get Pearson. this. Uh, no, Neil Hennessy. Oh, Christ. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there's actually two videos. Like, there was one Neil Hennessy that was like unfair refereeing and one that's terrible refereeing. Right. Um, I was I, the thing is I knew that the second one would also be Agara, but I just I thought I'd take my one point and run. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. I can't blame you. Next up, okay. Speaking of refereeing decisions, mm-hmm. six players have been red carded for England. Oh, Who man. are they? So Elliot Daly. Yep. Um, it's mad that he's on that list. Yeah, and he's the first one that always comes to mind. Yeah. And I'm now kind of struggling to think of another England player who's been red carded. Are um, you Googling this? No. Um, I was trying to add something onto one of my other answers. Okay. England, I'm probably about to run out of time, aren't I? I'm I'll give you 10 seconds from now. Trying to think it'll be someone. I'm sure there's someone more recent, but I can't think of anyone. It won't be Dylan Hartley. Um, the one that comes to mind is Simon Shaw. I'm going to say Simon Shaw. Okay. And we'll bank those two on a time. Sure. Okay. I'll bank Simon Shaw. They're Simon both Shaw correct. Right? Oh, yes, man. They're both correct. I, Simon Shaw came to mind right away, but I can't pick the actual red card itself. Um, and I know I need more points than one. The six it. answers are Mike Burton from the 1970s. No idea who he is. Danny Grucock. Okay, Simon Shaw. Okay, that makes sense. Lewis Moody. Oh, uh, okay. Elliot Daly. And, see if you remember this, in injury time against Wales in 2020. Manu Tuolangi. Manu Tuolangi, of course. Yeah. How weird is that? Oh, man. It was man. like ages ago. Yeah. The last game before lockdown. Yeah. Mad, isn't it? Like I was watching that in a pub in Twickenham and it was packed. But yeah. everyone knew about coronavirus at that point and you just had like some hand wipes out. Yeah. I, I came home from having played a match that day, wow. um, thinking like, oh yeah, well, I'm not going to have many more more of those. And yeah, England beat Wales. So yeah, uh, so the score is now 6-2 okay. to me. Now, I have one that I've done, I was going to do an introduction question that is comically easy, uh, okay. and you'll probably run the gamut and get all of them. And I have another that's a really high scorer, and I don't know if you've got any that are high scorers, or if I'm going to be... I've got one that has 14 answers, and one that has 18. Okay, I've got one that's got 44 answers here. Oh, Christ. So, are we going to do that, okay? Okay. Okay. Since 2010, 44 players have been named the Osprey Supporters Club Player of the Month. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, How many can you name? This is Player of the Month, not Player of the Season. Okay, Andrew Bishop. Um, hold on, I'm going to scroll through the list. Just be a second. Um, Control F, Bishop. That's a great idea. Andrew Bishop is not on there. No! Andrew Bishop is not on there. Andrew Bishop was so underrated that he was never the Osprey Supporters Club player. The... He was my banker. I remember Ricky January winning it once as well, on the month he was there. Ricky January... What I said since 2010. He was there in 2009. 2010. Oh, wow, okay. I can't believe Andrew Bishop never won it. Robbed, man. I know. That's 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 mad. So um, there's 44 you... answers and I got none. Yeah. Do you want a speed round of answers? Yeah, go on uh, then. Okay, so the... Well, the... the Okay, no, actually, for a bonus point that, that only counts in the case of a tiebreaker, okay, can you guess the player who has won it the most times? Okay. Um, I genuinely would have guessed Bishop for that. Mm. Justin Tipperick. 
Uh, Dan Bigger. Justin Tipperick is second. I thought about Dan Evans as well. but Dan Evans is joint second with Tipperick. Right. Uh, you've then got players that won it multiple times will just do uh, Ryan Jones, Sam Davis, Alan Wynn Jones, Duncan Jones, uh, and Jeff Haslip all won it three times or more. Okay. You nearly said Duncan Weir. Um, some obscure answers. I say in a Tonga. These, these are what would be your pointless answers. Um, yes. Scott Otten, Morgan Morris, of course, the most recent winner. He's won it twice now. Uh, Sam Lewis. Who's re-signed? Tito Tibaldi. Wow. Brendan Leonard won it. Um, David Howells once. Morgan Allen, who now plays rugby league. Then Kai Evans once. That was in the dark days, you know. Gareth Thomas, you know, there you are. There's some, some answers. Now, the real, the real trivia answer here. The only person to win player of the season, but never win player of the month, is Dan Lydiot. No way. What a guy. Player of every month. Yeah, exactly. Love that guy. Okay, so my fifth round. Okay. Teams that Simon Webster has played against for Scotland. There are oh. 14 of them. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, Wales. Yep. I remember him getting injured playing against Wales in 2007. Um, New Zealand. Yep. That was the, first, the New Zealand one. Was the first time he ever played inside centre. It was off the bench against the All Blacks. <laughs> wow. Okay. These are individual teams. These aren't caps. Yeah, individual teams. Okay. Individual teams. Right. Okay. So, we did, uh, let's say, Ireland. Correct. Scott. No, he plays for Scotland, of course. England. Yep. Okay, that's five. Four. Four. Four, okay. Uh, France. Yep. Italy. Yep. Banking that. Okay, Banking so you've got six there. Six there. So, he's played against... Oh, so that puts you ahead, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Ireland, Wales, England, Italy, France, Samoa, Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, Romania, Pacific Islands, Portugal, Argentina, Canada. Okay, okay. I I thought about taking punts on Australia and South Africa, but, you yeah. know, I, I'm, I'm happy with that. I'll take that. Okay, I have a really easy question and a really hard question. Okay. Um, and I was considering just having the really hard question as a bonus only, but we're going to do it as a proper question now. Okay. Um, <laughs> So, uh, Paul Grayson is the top point scorer in Northampton Saints history. Okay. okay. Three players... Name have... every point he scored. <laughs> yes. Three players have come within half of his points tally. Oh, Can okay. you name them? In the Premiership only. A Premiership in Europe. Okay. Okay. Though I guess, no, actually, it's all time. It's all time. So there's before... It was formerly the Premiership when it was the first division yeah. and so on. Okay. Pre- uh, own Farrell. No, sorry, for, for Northampton Saints. Oh, for Northampton Saints. Okay, not yeah. Farrell then. Okay. Yeah, I, I won't accept that as an answer. No, yeah. Oh, it's bigger than that long. I've probably not. Mm. Um, uh, for reference, right, Paul Grayson scored 2,786 points for Northampton. Jesus, that's a lot of points. Yeah. Carlos Spencer. Incorrect. <sighs> okay. I was going to say either um, Ryan Lamb or uh, Stephen Myler. Or Stephen Myler. Stephen Myler is second. Uh, okay. uh, so Shane Stephen Myler scored 2,655 points. So he's not it's actually not far behind. No, it's like not. he's less than a hundred behind. Which then the next closest is Roger Hosen. Don't know who that is. Who played for them between 1955 and 1967 and scored 1,463 points. Jesus, which know. is incredible to say. That is phenomenal. You know, tries were worth four points back then. Yeah. And yeah, like that's that's phenomenal. And the other guy is John Steele, who played in 1988 to 1994. Right. No, fair enough. I, uh, no qualms at me uh, missing yeah, that one. That's a, that's a so really tricky question. That does confirm that you've actually won this because this is the final one, isn't it? Okay, yeah. So, the last question that I have for you, there are 18 of these for you to get. 
And um, if you don't get them all, you're going to be a bad person. Guests from the pool stages of the Squidge Rugby World Cup retrospective podcasts. <laughs> so it does not count hosts Robbie Owen or Will Owen, but okay. guests that we've had on. So Rhiannon Garth-Jones. Yeah. Sam Lana. Yeah. Uh, Adam Jenkins. Uh, Sav from Limebreak Rugby. Uh, Tom Savage. Uh, what am I at? Sorry. You're at five. Five out of... 18. Five out of 18. Uh, ben James. Yeah. Ali Stokes. Blaine Scully, mm-hmm. Connor Trainer, Gareth Mason, yeah, uh, Nick Heath, Sam Roberts. What am I at now? Twelve. Twelve. So I've got how many left? Six. Okay. Jamie Wall, Graham Love. Um, four more. Four more to go. Oh man. Um, I'm sure I'm. I know they should all be really obvious. Um, the fact that I've got so close almost makes it worse for whoever I miss out. Uh, Harry and Nelson Dale. Yeah. Are they separate? They're separate. They're yeah. separate. They're two. Okay. So um, two left. Two left. Elgin Alderman. Yes. And one more. One more. They're going to take this so personally. Oh man. Okay. Have I said Sam Lana? You said Sam Lana. I've yeah. said Sam Lana. Right. Okay. Do you want a clue? Who is You've it? already said this person's name in this podcast. Cammy Black. It's Cammy Black. Cammy Black. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> Saving the best of last. Did they get the all? They run the gamut? Yeah, that was all of them. So, fair play. <laughs> you. Okay. I thought, I thought on this celebration episode, it'd be good yeah, to, yeah. to, you know, give okay. them all thanks again. Uh, no, thank you. They're yeah. all legends. And they were all brilliant on, on the episode of this. Uh, no, the, the absolutely. They were. So, okay, um, my yeah, easy, what was going to be, you know, like opening question then um, for you as a, you know, as a bonus round, as a bonus round, yes. okay? 25 nations have qualified for the Rugby World Cup. Can you name them? Okay, okay. Um, just ever. Ever, ever, yeah. Okay, um, Wales. Have qualified and actually played a game in the Rugby World Cup. Yes. Wales, yeah. Wales. Uh, Ireland. Yeah. Scotland. Yeah. England. Yeah. France. Yeah. Italy. No, actually, yes. Uh, New Zealand. Yes. Argentina. Yes. Australia. Yes. South Africa. Yes. Canada. Yes. USA. Yes. Uruguay. Yes. Namibia. Yes. Japan. Yeah. Russia. Yeah. Romania. Yeah. Georgia. Have you said Georgia? No. No, you haven't. No, sorry. No, yeah. I named the Six Nations teams and yeah, yeah, no, I've, I've, they're not included in that. Portugal. Uh, yes. Spain. Yes. There's five more. I take it we're not counting American Samoa. No, no, sorry. I was, I was going to, I should specify that. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, so all Samoas are counted as Samoa. Oh, well, yeah. So no Western, Western Samoa, Samoa is Samoa. Oh boy. Um, so there's five left. There's five um, left, but I'm actually not sure what some of them are. Yeah, I feel Did you like... definitely name oh. all... Um, Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe, yeah. Um, so that's 21 I'm at, isn't it? Yeah. So I'm missing somebody who was at the last World Cup. Yes, you are. Yeah, no, sorry, I've just realised who you're missing, yeah. Oh, I'm missing three. Fiji. Yeah. Samoa. Yeah. Tonga. Yeah, and one more. So there's one more. And I take it we've ditched the scorer on the game now. Yeah, Um, yeah. Because I think this would equalise. Uh, if we were actually playing this. Oh, probably, um, yeah. If we included the thing about guests. But there'd be no point me taking a one-point loss. I'd, I might as well gamble this. I'm really not sure, you know. 
Do you think I know this? I think you'd know it when you hear it, but I don't know whether you'd know. I don't know if I'd know. I know they'd qualified for a World Cup, but I don't know if I would have got it when I this feel like they played. It was somebody who played one of the early ones where there was like no South Africa or whatever. Um, um, I should just guess a country, shouldn't I? At it, this point, it was like pre nineteen ninety nine, like an amateur World Cup. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna take a complete punt at this and say Chile. It's the Ivory Coast. Ivory Coast. I did know that. I did Who know qualified that. Qualified in which year? Um, did um, they, they play ninety five? Ninety five. Ninety five. Yeah. Correct. Spot on. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I did know that. Anyway, should we go back to the games in this World Cup? Yeah, you know. Go through them. Congratulations on your victory, by the way. Just to note, the Ivory Coast national rugby team are known as Les Elephants. Amazing. They Big up Sylvain Tian, the yes. only Ivorian rugby player I know. So, next one is Tonga 31, Japan 18. Leech, very good. Japan, unlucky. Sorry. South Africa, 87, Namibia, nil. A big blowout. Lion Tamers, mad. Australia, 67, USA, 5. Scully was robbed. Oh, man. Yeah, you're spot on. Ashley Cooper, hey. England, 67, Romania, 3. Two better than Australia. Quato Hattrick, tired. <laughs> Um, New Zealand 37, France 17. Carter, too good. <laughs> Shut up, Lee Avermont. Yeah, fair Which enough. is just like valid for every France game, really. Yeah. Fiji 7, Samoa 27. Ooh, not very interesting. Fotowali is okay. That's a statement that you could absolutely make. Uh, Ireland 62, Russia 12. Andre Garbazov, shithousery. <laughs> Key Phil's asleep. F- fair enough. Because, um, of course, that was also the one where um, uh, Leo Cullen kicked away the scrum cap. And, oh, yeah. Uh, there was the fight going on in the middle where Andrew Trimble didn't know what to do with Dennis Antonoff. That was funny. Um, and that was a great dick of the day game. Wonderful, deliberate, cynical play you'll ever see in yeah. Russia. Yeah, I love that game. Um, Argentina 13, Scotland 12. <laughs> Amorosino, sorry Scotland. Contopomi is guilty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Execute Felipe Contopomi. Um, Wales 81, Namibia 7. Geffen Jenkins, glory. <laughs> Carl Steps, brew. <laughs> yeah. That's true as well. Oh, man. Canada 23, Japan 23. 23 points all. And, fair enough, Ander Monroe, inevitable. Yeah, I like that. Um, Italy 27, uh, USA 10. <laughs> oh, um, Leonardo Ghirardini, dick. <laughs> Dicks of day. Yeah, so that was the one where you had like 12 Dick of the Day nominations. It was just constant Dicks of the Day. But Gherardini did the most Dick of the Day antics, yeah. so he got Dick of the Day. I'm amazed how well we remember all of these, by the way. I am, yeah. I thought they'd just go out of our memory like two weeks after we finished oh, recording. Some of them have. Some of them I'm really yeah. having to stretch for. But Such as Georgia 25, Romania 9. Mamuka Godze played. 
Please end me. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, that's also something you could say to the Samoan team um, at any given point. Seemingly, South Africa did. South Africa 13, Samoa 5. Was not racist. I was going to say, racist refereeing, definitely. By the way, here's the thing. If you go on Phil Monis Apollo's Twitter profile, he still has pinned to his... Um, his pinned tweet is him appearing on uh, the news about mm. um, uh, racism that Nigel Owens definitely committed against him. Yeah, uh, yeah. And it definitely wasn't total bullshit. He still has that pinned to his profile, which is fucking ridiculous. It's the first thing you see, and then everything after that is anti-mask and anti-lockdown. Anti-lockdown, yeah. And the fact yeah. COVID doesn't exist and vaccines are terrible and... Yeah. He's yeah. I still follow he's, him. He's me too. He's become a really interesting follow. I think he has for very different reasons. It's interesting though because back in 2011, I thought I thought like, oh, his opinions are different, but I'm going to still follow him because I respect them because he's an international rugby player. And yeah, that was yeah. Just kind of it, rather than realizing no, some international rugby players are also idiots. Yeah. I'm just going to find like his most recent tweets. Oh, there's always some fun retweets on there. Wow. Oh. Yeah, about the fact that um, vaccines don't work and all they do is make you ill and that coronavirus didn't actually exist. Yeah, and then there's a lot of the, you know, the stuff he's always retweeted about, you know, racism against the Polynesians and so on. Yeah. Yeah, Which, there's yeah. a lot of, I'm just retweeting it, the whole, t- no, so just reading, they're all retweets about there's no such thing as COVID or it's not a problem, you know, alternating between it. Right. Anyways, Just... please please tune into Fumana Sapolu and Ian Brown's joint podcast that they're currently hosting. Are they? Yeah. Is that a real thing? Course. Could you imagine if Fumana Sapolu had a podcast? With oh, Ian sorry. Brown? I I was Roses. thinking of Tony Brown. Yeah. No. Yeah. Of. No, I was thinking of a completely different guy. Um, I don't know. Ian Brown just sounds like a Kiwi rugby commentator. Um, uh, so Ian I just... Smith, maybe. You're Ian Smith. Of... Yeah. So I just figured, you know, it must be that guy instead. It is yeah. not. No, unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, uh, Ian Brown nor Phil Waterspolo do not have podcasts, let alone together. But I would definitely listen to that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I no, I'd listen to one episode and I'd never engage again. A bit like sure. I don't know if you've ever listened to <laughs> a bit Nick like Easter. Stone Roses' first album. <laughs> yes, or Second Coming. What's the point? Have yeah. you ever listened to Nick Easter and Kieran Bracken's podcast? I've not. I listened to it once, uh, and I got as far as them discussing Nikki's sex life, and I went, no thanks. I anyway, how is your sex life? It was really like that. It was very Tommy Wiseau. Like, I think Kieran... No, I think it was the other way around. I think Nick Easter made a joke about Kieran Bracken's sex and his wife's sex life, and Kieran Bracken was like, yo, how's that going for you then, Eastery? And he went like, yeah, it's all right. You know, can't complain at the minute. You know, Mrs. is happy, and, you know, we're, we're getting busy quite often when the kids aren't around. And you're like, I... What? Why why am I hearing this? I did not know that existed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's incredible. Um, It's tagline. It has like a woman do the voiceover and it says, you know, whatever it's called, the rugby podcast that doesn't take itself too seriously. Oh, they like some bands from time to time. They like some bands from time to time. Bracken and Easter. Bracks and Eastery. Yeah, but that's what they call each other because yeah. they love banter. They just they love get banter. Haskell as a guest, although he might be. A he loves he funny. loves banter. That guy. It's really loves weird banter. because <laughs> on an ironic level, James Haskell's probably too funny for that podcast. <laughs> James, yeah, yeah, yeah. James Haskell's way too funny for yeah to round out that like seven, eight, nine, six and a half, eight, nine yeah. combination on that podcast. Because like, I mean, James Haskell obviously is not funny, but. 
he understands but, that like, a joke no, requires but, a punchline yeah, and a setup. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> rather than just saying, we don't take ourselves seriously, <laughs> do we, Brax? And their, their sort of analysis of the weekend would be like, you know, I think England played well, but Billy Vanapola, what a funny haircut. <laughs> I don't know, I listened oh, to like half of one East. episode. But as I say, like, you don't, I really don't want to know how Nick used to sex life is. But I'm glad I now do. Speaking of Nick Easter's sex life, Australia 68, Samoa 22. <laughs> what a window that was. Yeah, I'm very um, new to this whole world of uh, creating segues, so, you know. No, thank you, thank you. Um, yeah, that is exactly what we got from Australia, Russia. Uh, he just puts on that drop goal from when they were 16 points behind every time, and his wife's really into yeah. it. So. In fact, his, his wife was one of the Russian forwards who just won points out of that yes, encounter. his wife is Adam Burns. Canon. He's yes. canon in the, the Squid Rugby World Cup retrospective. That's true, that's true. Cinematic universe, true. Yeah. yeah. Much like um, Dickie Marlowe and his stat sheet, you know, they're in a loving relationship. Anyway, three three words on uh, Australia-Russia. Nick Easter sex life. Wonderfully pointless drop goal. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, Radiki Samo winger. Brilliant, Okay. France 14, Tonga 19. One of the big rugbies. Oh, um, Tonga versus Doucetois. <laughs> I don't think Doucetois was France's best player by any stretch or anywhere near it, but Tonga beat Doucetois. Why say scrum? That's a really good one. I rate that. England 16, Scotland 12. Oh, man. Um, I mean... Late Ashton try. Yeah, that that adds up. A bit depressing. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Both of those two things tend to go together in my experience. Yeah, that's true. Uh, um, Argentina 25, Georgia 7. End pool A. <laughs> What's the point? Uh, New Zealand 79, Canada 15. Praise Connor Trainer. Trainer over Carter. Yeah, that's true. Uh, did Dan Carter get injured, by the way? Yeah, Do we know that yet? I, I think, oh, is he injured? I think he's not fit. Right, he's not going to play in the rest of the World Cup. No. Okay, just want to establish that. Cool. Okay. Away with 66, Fiji nil. Happy for half penny. <laughs> Actually enjoyed Wales. Yes. <laughs> One of the very few times in my life where I've enjoyed watching Wales play. Especially and it has been more Fiji. stressful than anything else. Oh man, especially against Fiji. That was a, that was a delight and a wonder of a game. Ireland 36, Italy 6. Oh, third place Italy. Yeah. Keith Earl's birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday, Keith Earls. You lie in you. You selection in the original squad, lie in you. Yeah. I'm getting a weird amount of uh, pushback from referring to him as a snail when he beat Johnny May, by the way, uh. which is unusual. But there you go. That brings us through the pool stage. Yeah. We did it. Which leaves us only one thing to do, which is to look back on these games and select a man of the match and a dick of the day. <laughs> uh, one one man of the match and one dick of the day for all of them combined. Yeah, for okay. um, w- whatever it is we want to take. Okay, so, oh, this is an interesting thing. I didn't know we were going to do this, so thank you for taking me <laughs> off surprise. So, my, my dick of the day is... Still DJ Khaled, frankly. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, he's, he's, he's always got to be there or thereabouts, hasn't he? Yeah. My man of the match is this podcast. 
for Whoa. creating so many incredible memories of this 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 thing. No one cares about the the games. People just care because they like your YouTube channel. That's not true. Uh, I don't know why people listen. Um, my dick of the day is Mario Burger Masco for never playing number eight. Yes, that's true. <laughs> and it's a basic requirement. If you're a flanker who can play in the backs, you've got to be able to play number eight. You just play number eight. I don't care about you, Sergio. You know, go and play centre. Who cares? Yeah. Who gives a shit? And my man of the match is the Ivory Coast national rugby team for qualifying for the World Cup. Yep. Uh, their current squad on Wikipedia is their qu- squad for the 2011 World Cup qualifiers. So Sylvia Tian is in there. Yes. Uh, Oliver Dimarde, who played for Racing, a hooker, oh. is on there. Uh, and they've also I'm got Edgar Babudu, Babu, that's a good name. Uh, Babu, who played a bunch in the top 14, uh, who was their captain at the time. Interesting. He played for them. Uh, wow! He won his last cap for the Ivory Coast, still as captain, uh, in 2015 qualifiers, right. where they obviously went out, aged 42. Fair play. What a guy. What a legend. Yeah. What a hero. We started off talking about Aleki Lutui still going into his early 40s. And now we're rounding it out on the same note. How great yeah. is that? The when his first in cap podcast. in 2004, played his last game in 2014. 10-year okay. international career and was a prop. So, you know, started quite late. Hmm. Wait a second. Yeah. So he was 32 when he won his first cap and he played for what? 10 years. What a hero. That's That's quite remarkable. I respect that. I love this guy. Yeah. I love Edgar Babu. Yeah. Also, he's called Edgar Babu. That is such a good name as well. Yeah. Played hooker as well. You know, played a bunch in the Pro Da. You know, moved around the Pro Da and Federal won. Right. Uh, before it was a fully pro league. A bunch. So he played, he played for Bordeaux for four years. Right. And has played for one, two, three, four, five other teams. Okay. Uh, in and around France. Fair play. What a guy. Big up Edgar. Um, he also played for the African Leopards, which is like a, a Lions type team of countries outside of, you know, South Africa uh, and okay. Namibia, of other African teams. And they beat the British Army oh, when he captained them. That's just give me a, a flashback. Do you remember when um, there was a, uh, an English Championship 15 played against the Maori All Blacks and got battered? Yeah. And like Tim Strether played... Um, Oh man, no, sorry, I'm looking at the team that he played in when they beat the British Isles. So he was captain, but also in the team was Jacques Berger. No, that's incredible. Uh, but not captain was a guy called John Lloyd Captain. No. John Lloyd Captain. Who played really for Tanzania at some point. John Lloyd Captain, the Tanzania International. That's that's poetic. That <laughs> There's is. Gareth Gilbert of Botswana. That's better than um, Kenki Fukuoka's being born in Fukuoka and scoring his first try for Japan in Fukuoka. Uh, in, which is magnificent. Yeah, it's a solid team. There's a guy on the bench for the British Army team, though, called <laughs> Lieutenant Mark Honeybun. <laughs> Don't everyone... Didn't you once play against somebody called Love You? Oh, no. My my friend Jordan um, knew someone called Love You when they were in school. Right. And said apparently, that, yeah, when they played like either football or rugby... Um, they would, because Love You was massive, he was always their best player. Right. Um, so everyone would just shout Love You all the time and it really confused every opposition. Maybe that's why he was so good. <laughs> also, right, a lot of this British Isles team is Fijian. This British yeah. Army team. I mean, there's, there's like six Fijians. See in also there. any other rugby team ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, Ryan Grant, who I assume is a different one, but yeah. he's playing prop. Oh. And then there's a guy on the bench. Everyone else has the full names, but there's a guy on the bench just called Slade Jones, hyphenated. <laughs> has no first name, like a Brazilian footballer, but yeah. a really posh one who, you know... Went no to army a... ranking, nothing. Just just Slade, Slade Jones. Jones. He's a secret agent. He only goes by the name Slade Jones. Oh, they were coached by Brendan Venter, the African Leopards. Huh. This sounds like a great very exhibition good, game. Good. It does, doesn't it? Should we do a, a match? Uh, no, a podcast on that. Yeah, I want to see if we can find that. Yeah, because that genuinely sounds like a lot of fun. We'll do that, and we'll do the the, um, the Invitational Championship 15 game as well, and whatever stupid Invitational games we can find. Let's let's just do, do a lot of them. They're always fun. The Moana of Pacifica, who are now going to be a real team. Here's <laughs> the match report. Oh, okay. Um, okay. <laughs> Tries were scored by the Leopards by the captain, the lock from. T- oh no. Oh, his name's John Lloyd, but he was captain, but it was listed as hyphenated. What? But then why is why did it also have a C next to Edgar Babbitt? Oh, never mind. Okay, never mind. Okay, let's call him John Lloyd Captain still. He's John Lloyd. Just to captain. my mind, yeah. Um, oh, Captain, my Captain. So John Lloyd Captain, and by scrum half from Morocco, Jawad. Is the that fly a half name from or? Jawad? It's just Jawad. Ah, okay. That, oh, they've just given his first name. Yeah, his name I, is Jawad Azar. I expected J-Wad. <laughs> like P-Money. No. They've just referred to him by his first name. But then, yeah, the fly half from Namibia, Emil Wessels, went on to convert two conversions and scored a further two penalties. Malcolm Roberts scored the Army's sole try, which was converted by Mark Honeybun. The score of this match is also listed as 2012. Perhaps the army's got two tries and converted one of them? Question mark. That's in the official match report. Just in the match report. That they're not sure what the final score actually was. <laughs> they don't know what the match what the score was. And then it says perhaps the army's got two tries and converted one of them. I'll tell you what, we need to start looking as far back at rugby games as we can to see if there's a point where they just forget the score. Where <laughs> they're just not bothered. I wonder if, you know, with early there's a lot of nil nils in the really early days of the Five Nations. Yeah. I wonder if some of those, they just forgot to count the score. <laughs> I hope so. Well, the referee just couldn't make it to the try line, so just disallowed yeah. it. He wasn't really watching. You know, he was doing um, whatever things you could do in 1889. Yeah. Ruddy Dart probably found it and called it terrible. <laughs> Ruddy Dart but yeah. <laughs> Atrocious refereeing display by ancient like, you old know what, man. You are onto something. I assume he's called Ruddy Dart. I assume that's his full name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've said this the whole time. that We need to get him on as a guest. He's a respected figure within the rugby community on, on social media. But he respects nobody. Yeah, 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 exactly. I'd love to see the dynamic between you two. I bet he's listening right now. Yeah, he'd you probably know, be bet... really pissed off I always for being picture a big YouTuber. I always picture Ruddy Data, like, you know. I always imagine, like, he walks like Scar in The Lion King. Like, he I always just expect he wears around. flat caps. He think? constantly has a toothpick hanging out his mouth. So I picture him kind of scuttling places and he always pops up behind you and like, oh, Ruddy Data, how did you get here? How were you capturing my lowest possible moment where I shat myself in public? <laughs> oh, did that happen? Definitely not. I bet, I bet somewhere out there that like Ruddy Data has like a full like SD card of footage of like Mike Cat pisses himself in Canning Circus. That's probably, that's, I bet that's somewhere Wait. on his hard drive. Paul Grayson forgets a closed door on public toilet. <laughs> Karen Bracken falls over banana skin. Yeah. <laughs> Nick Easter forgets to show highlights reel in order to wind his wife up before they um, crack on. 
Yeah. Warren Fury goes from first to last on Game of Fortnite. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, Paul Williams brackets Samoa fullback gets hit by blue shell right before finish line. <laughs> Should we call this there? <laughs> sure. Okay. The last well, thing you don't want to carry on doing this game. I mean, I mean, we we could stay here all day. I think we're the two most qualified people to to do this. Oh, absolutely. Joe Worsley doesn't quite have enough change at the corner shop and has to just leave the item at the counter. <laughs> Andrew Sheridan fails to use self-service machine. I would like to round off with a positive, which um, okay. I hope if Rodi Data is listening, that he will then soil this and write a negative review because I'm about to read out a positive review. Oh, nice! Which okay. is the, the last review that we received. It was it was actually a couple of months ago. Step up your game, guys. Although we did get Deacon fan fiction, so I can't. We really did. Complain. We did. So the guy says a good mix. A great podcast where they talk about everything from Italy-Russia volleyball to Vietnamese cinema and Asika Manu fan fiction and occasionally some rugby. Rather amusing. Well done, lads. Five stars. Oh, thank you. And that is from Jeffrey Boycott. Whoa! That's his name on Apple Podcasts. I don't know if it's a similar I... thing to Feds and McGraw, where we tried to, <laughs> to once confuse a cricket podcast saying that it was Jeffrey Boycott. But Jeffrey, if it really is you... Thank you. And even if it's not, still, yeah. thank you. That's a very nice thing to say. Don't tell friend of the pod, Rhiannon Garth Jones, who desperately hates Jeffrey Boycott. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, more than... I think, wingers. I think she I think she hates Jeffrey Boycott more than she loves Gavin Jenkins, which is saying a lot. That is a pretty extreme allegation. Like, she, she's probably hoping that Jeffrey Boycott ends up in a ready data movie. Yeah. <laughs> Jeffrey Boycott peels his onions wrong. <laughs> peels his onions. Yes, I'm. St- I'm leaving that in there. Peels his you onions. Just, wrong. That's just that's, that's that's how it does it. You know, yeah. like they always say in Shrek. You know, yeah. like onions have many layers, and you just have to, um, to peel them. Just have to peel them. Peel yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I think that's a wonderful note to end on. <laughs> this has gone on for far <laughs> longer. Than... I thought this episode was going to be about forty-five minutes. Yeah, but it wasn't. <laughs> um, Here we are. Don't say you... we don't give you lots of content. Thank you very much. Uh, join us next week when we'll be moving on to the quarterfinals. The first being Wales against Ireland, where we'll be joined by a very exciting guest. Yeah, boy. I think for, certainly for me and William, it's a very exciting thing. Yeah, somebody we've looked up to for a long time. Yeah, it's someone that was a... And is a big name. Yeah, like was a sort of, you know, for, not to put too fine a point, but like something of an inspiration of having watched their content since I was quite young. Yeah. 100% agree. So yeah, so that's quite exciting. That we'll will hopefully you... be announced at some point before the podcast goes up. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully we'll see you then. Yeah. And in the meantime, have a lovely, lovely time. And please look over your shoulder where Ready Data is waiting. <laughs> it's great. I love a podcast that ends on a jump cut. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.